Hey, this is New The Mayor from Kickback TV Live from Atlanta, The Righteous Ratchet. And if you're like me, you're into content. And you got to have new content every day. That's why we do the podcast. We'll Flipboard curates the world stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. So get started right now with Flipboard.com. F-L-I-P-B-O-A-R-D.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> How many hours you think you spend a day sitting in that same spot oh, right man. now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, parties? I was always in this damn spot. Right. I spent parts of when I was in the bed, man, with my leg propped up. But it's cool. And that shit, but not going to work. That's probably, yeah, that's double time. Man. Yeah, exactly. That's double time. That's double time. Live, we got the podcast. I'm going to JB. Yeah, what's up? Right, right, let's, go. let's go ahead and get started, yeah, y'all. Let's get cracking. Welcome to Kickback TV Live from Atlanta, also known as the Black CNN and the Revolution will we'll be, be televised. televised. I'm new, the mayor, the righteous ratchet. If you throw it, I catch it. If you got it, I match it. Every Sunday at 7, we right back at it, y'all. Man, fantastic. Vibranium in my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's JB Frank. I'm that gangster geek representing NWA Nerds with Attitude. Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy Sunday. And if you're listening on you, uh, Spotify, iTunes, or watching this on YouTube, happy Monday. <laughs> what up, what up? Um, way, to, way to start your week with your favorite duo, mm-hmm. Righteous Ratchet and the Gangster Geek. Indeed. Oh, I'm about to add that to the best you week with the righteous ratchet. To the gangster geek. <laughs> you a poet and you didn't, didn't even know, know it. it. <laughs> like to rhyme some of the time. Hey. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's get cracking, man. Let's I get into it. Get the hiccup. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Um, so I guess I started off with uh, the high story of the week. Um, mm-hmm. Mueller mm-hmm. indicts, what was it? Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, one of JB Quiet friends, Roger Stone. He J- keeps saying, I'm, I know these white people. <laughs> I don't know none of these white people. I don't know none of these white people. Go ahead people. and tell us your Glee Club buddy, JB Roger Stone. Oh, Break that down. Roger, Roger Stone was indicted by Mueller for what amounts to campaign fraud. Uh, basically, he was the guy who was behind releasing some of the stolen emails. Y'all remember how um, Hillary Clinton basically was hacked. She had emails, personal emails stolen from her personal email account that talked about some of her various activities. Um, Now, this was not public information. This was private information, um, her Mm -hmm. own personal private information. Um, They got a hold of it. Now, the interesting part is how they got a hold of it also, mm-hmm. because our suspicions are, and frankly, the government's suspicions are, that Stone got this from the Russians, right? Because we know how the Russians hacked into social media, how the Russians were hacking into people's personal emails and other things mm-hmm. during the campaign to compromise the campaign. This indictment basically draws a direct line between the Russians and the Donald Trump campaign, or more importantly, the campaign fraud that happened during that election and Donald Trump's campaign. Because this guy is now indicted for 
basically basically being the catalyst, basically being the one who provided all of that information and who released it. So this is yet another indicted criminal in Donald Trump's camp. He's what, the seventh one now yeah. that has been indicted new? Yeah, it's coming down the pipeline, JB. Mm-hmm. And they got a couple more to come too. Right, right, right. They are going after this Bama. Um, now, Stone has openly said that he will not testify against the president in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. But the truth is still going to come out during his trial and his indictment. Donald Trump is in a lot of motherfucking trouble. I am happy, pleased as punch that they are going after all of his people. I'm pleased Mm -hmm. as punch that we are going after this nigga because this brings us closer to impeachment. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I want for America. Absolutely. Um, And and just following, going down the rabbit hole of CNN Mm -hmm. and all the different networks, Mm -hmm. you'll see how they're prepping and priming uh, future uh, potential informants, people who are saying they're willing to testify. So if, if Stone doesn't, there are people yep. behind him that worked with him yep. that are willing to come forward. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't see a way that this information doesn't all get out there. Right. And I don't see a way that it gets that it all comes out that charges aren't filed. Right. Um, especially right. with this new um mm-hmm. new new the, the, the new uh way that the house is set up and then Nancy Pelosi and everything she's doing. Uh-oh. I don't see a way that uh Trump is gonna uh outlast this. And his popularity's popularity's uh in the toilet, basically. In the toilet, which is Cir- government yeah, shutdown. Circling the drains. So, it's it's look, it's starting to get interesting. I don't mm-hmm. want to get my hopes up too high. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's starting to feel like uh, Trump's going to be asked to step, step aside very soon. We're going to see how this goes. I am still odd and shocked when Mueller gets closer. Mm-hmm. When things start coming to light, I'm like, oh, they let this come out. Mm-hmm. Like, like this, is, this can actually happen. Mm-hmm. This may be a thing. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. There. There. I mean. You know. Trump. Trump has been rep- riding the Republican loyalty wave throughout his entire presence presidency throughout his entire campaign. He's got people who are willing to basically go to jail for him. Yeah. The unfortunate part is that, like, this is really, really bad for the American government. Like really, really bad. We have a foreign power who has now had a direct influence on one of our elections and who now has a close corollary. Those activities are closely related to our sitting president right now. It doesn't matter how loyal you are as a Republican. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to get behind that shit. You're yeah, some you got to step back and go, okay, what's really going on? Right. Because right now, if, if, if it had ever been a notion that Russia had anything to do with Barack Obama being elected, I mean, we already know how that story would have played out. <laughs> I mean, we know how that story would have played out. And um, I, I think that what the, the uh, American government, the American citizens across the border kind of like, wait a fucking minute. We saw the Facebook tampering. There are people that we know right. that were so anti-Hillary based on Facebook memes and posts yep. Yep. that yep. they were like, I don't care who wins as long as it's not Hillary. Right. And I'm sitting there like, you know what Trump's going to do when he gets in there, right? You know, everything's, everything that he's doing, I predicted, we predicted, mm-hmm. is going to the shitter. And they were like, as long as it's not Hillary. I'm like, what the hell made you hate Hillary so much? <laughs> 
And it was the, it was it was this campaign. You're right. It was Putin. You're right. You're right. I mean, this nigga this nigga has literally literally shot on the country and set the motherfucker on fire since he's been in office. Like it is awful. Awful. And you brought up Nancy Pelosi earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually a good segue because um, Nancy Pelosi basically got in the shit. Like, yeah. for real. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, come on, come on, nigga. <laughs> you know, like, really? Really? You want to do a State of the Union with the country all fucked up and the government shut down? No, no, no. It went to a temple. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she basically st- stopped that nigga because because that's what's in her power to do. Mm-hmm. And I am thrilled that we have a tough Democrat who is willing to be like, "Fuck you, nigga!" Like, come yeah. on, young. Like, her, her, uh, her story, her letter to him mm-hmm. just went viral. It was all over Facebook and social media where she basically said, "We will not um, hang the State of the Union while the government employees and." The struggling to get food, struggling to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. This is not what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Once the government is like open, then you have the opportunity to, to do your state of the union. Mm-hmm. As of right now, we need to focus on bigger and better things. Absolutely. And I mean, I must so I call her Auntie Nancy. Like Auntie <laughs> yeah. Maxine. Yeah. And she reclaimed her time and she just basically said, nah, man, mm-hmm. we're not mm-hmm. having this shit. Get the government back open. And it fucking worked, JB. It worked to his vanity. She stood up to him and uh, appealed to his vanity Mm -hmm. because he wants to do his speech. He wants to be in front of the people. And he opened the government up for three weeks, which I guess we'll sit and talk about now. Um, I know people who were personally affected by by the government shutdown. I have reached out. I have helped people that have been affected by the government shutdown. We've talked about different businesses, the furlough cheesecake. Mm-hmm. We, there's a cannabis business that's, that's offering uh, free medicinal marijuana mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for government employees who are affected by this. So we, we know the effects. Mm-hmm. We see people going to food banks, mm-hmm. going to churches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, driving Uber, doing part-time jobs. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is real. JB, you mentioned it was like billions of dollars that have been halted. Yeah, billions and billions of dollars. Um, they're, they're saying that the government shut shutdown cost the American economy $1.3 billion a day. A day. Well, 800,000 people are out of work, New. So think think about what that means. Government services such as, like for example, the Small Business Administration, the, mm-hmm. the thing that processes loans, it's a huge driver for our economy because we all know that small businesses is a huge driver for our economy and the way our economy grows, right? Mm-hmm. Those businesses can't get loans. Those loans, aren't, those loans aren't being processed right now. Now let's talk about the IRS and the fact that the IRS can't properly process tax returns and can't get tax returns done in time. Mm-hmm. So it's fucking up the government's money that the government wow. is shut down. Let's go into the TSA and the fact that the TSA um, and the furlough of the TSA and the fact that TSA workers are taking time off work has created longer lines in the busiest airports in the world. So now travel has been shut down. Another yeah. huge driver for our bit, for our economy. Like you remember, I used to travel for work. Mm-hmm. So imagine if I couldn't. If I couldn't go to Houston when I was working in Houston, because both the airport in Houston and the airport in Atlanta is fucked up. 
you know, I have to tell my project leaders I can't I can't travel because I can't sit in the airport for four hours. Like what, you know, what the fuck? And there are a lot of businesses <clears throat> that are in trouble because of this. It's bad. It's really, really bad. Now, here's the fun part about this, y'all. He shut down the government because he wants to build a wall to defend our Mexican border. Now, here are the facts. And I'm going to geek out on y'all a little bit. There are about 30,000, quote, people who break the law who enter our country um, a year. That is, that is true. The problem is that most of those people come into our country through airports. Mm. Mm. So you shut down the government. Mm. You fuck up the TSA, which affects our ability to secure our borders, particularly at airports. Mm -hmm. So you make it easier for the criminals to get into the country from all of the other borders. You know what I'm saying? Because you worried about fucking Mexico. Ain't no terrorists crossing the Rio Grande. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. They flying into New York. They mm -hmm. flying into Boston. Mm -hmm. They flying into, into Pittsburgh and D.C. and, you know, these busy cities with busy airports because they can slide through amongst the millions of people who travel through those port cities every day. That's yeah. the way the criminals get into the country. Yeah. They're not creeping, they're not jumping a fence in, 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 uh, in, in uh, San Antonio somewhere, you know, yeah. Yeah. trying to get into this country. It is ridiculous and stupid, um, but this is what he ran his campaign on. He ran his campaign scaring white people of other people. That's, that's the way he ran his campaign. And we know who the biggest terrorist threats in the country are. Right. Right. White people. Right. Young white men. <laughs> right. They're the ones blowing up shit and going crazy. Um, so the government is back open for three weeks, but he's talking about he wants to declare a federal emergency to get funding to build his wall because now Congress won't give him the money which would be another huge, huge disaster because it's an abusement of power by the executive authority. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of action actually could get him closer to impeachment than anything else. Because mm -hmm. when you start abusing your power as an executive in America, you start trying to act like you're a king, that's when Congress is like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, I, and some of the Democrats is uh, even considering like maybe we should throw a couple of dollars towards this, just to keep the government open. And that's crazy. This guy is really doing a temper tantrum and really putting Americans' lives at, at risk in a state like, like I know um, I don't know too many people that you know you can take their livelihood away from them for two three months and they're going to be able to survive mm -hmm. or recover effectively. Mm -hmm. And that's the situation he's putting the American public in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, these government workers. And some of the Democrats are like, we can't let them do this. Even if we got to give them the money for the damn wall, we got to find a way to not let this happen. And so he's bullying his way through. So I don't know how this is going to play out, JB, because I appreciate Nancy Pelosi and a few others for standing up to him. But on the other hand, it's fucked up. And standing up to him, what position would that put a lot of other people in? Yeah. And that's the crazy part. Because I hate, I don't believe in, you know, negotiating with terrorists. And that's what he's, he's starting to feel like to me. Trump is damn near a terrorist right now. Do it my way or I'm blowing the government up. But, it's literally what he did. Yeah. Literally. literally. But um, I want to post some fun at uh, Trump real quick. 
We watched uh, Family oh, Matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That we saw the episode uh, where the uh, the Griffins moved to DC. <laughs> Donald Trump with the oh my orange God. pasty skin, the little teeny hands, yeah, yeah, the yellow whip hair. <laughs> and, uh, he was trying to make a pass at Meg, and then gradually grabbed in the pussy. Yeah, he did. He did. And um, him and Peter got to fighting, and that, that shit was crazy. Yeah, man. Um, um, but they went in on Trump. They went yeah. all the way yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> they had shit where they talked about horrible shit that happened. They were like, he's like, oh yeah, uh, his daughter had the whole little song where she was like, my father's father is a horrible mm. criminal. He was indicted and he went to jail and all of this horrible shit. And then they had a little caption and that really happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the entire story. The entire song. Uh, yeah, man, the whole Trump family is is is, is some trash, man. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's time to get him up out of there. So, hopefully, he's burying himself with this government shutdown, with this wall bullshit. Yes, yes, um, yes. And it's a lot of people running uh, in twenty twenty. Like a lot of Democrats coming out. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it should be very very mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to see what happens in there. Yeah, it's gonna be a trench fight in the Democratic Party to find to find our nominee. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really really tough political battle. Um, and I would caution Americans to be patient with the Democratic Party through that yeah. process because we got what like twenty motherfuckers who who are trying to run now. It's gonna be they're gonna be crabs in a barrel for a while trying to trying to get that nomination spot. Um, so. You know, just be patient with them, but also choose carefully and don't let the Hillary Clinton bullshit happen again, y'all. Yeah. Don't let don't let don't let the media send you down a rabbit hole on some bullshit that makes you choose an improper executive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just cause of some shit you heard on Facebook. You yeah. know, do your research, figure out what the fuck is really going on. Cause all of Bama's got skeletons in their closet the same they way do. we do. They you know do. what I'm saying? Unless you heard it on Kickback TV on Facebook, then it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um let's yes. get into our uh, what the fuck story of the day, JB. Oh um, my god. Speaking of Facebook, you know yeah, um, terrible. This is a story of a young woman. I don't want to say her name. I don't want to put it out there, but I'm sure you've seen the video being at the opera nightclub and being sexually assaulted in the club, asking for help on her Facebook Live, people standing around watching it, a guy sent her a, a pill or a drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can tell she doesn't know when she's drinking and mm-hmm. it's saying it tastes nasty. She doesn't mm-hmm, know why it's nasty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's kind of losing her wherewithal and kind of being drugged from room to room. And I mean, horrible. This is this, this, I couldn't this watch is the whole thing. This I is assault. I could not. I could not. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's sexual assault. It's rape, and it happened in the middle. It happened in the middle of a club. It was recorded on Facebook Live. That is all horribly, horribly, horribly fucked up. Shout out to I'm not gonna say the club's name because I don't want to. I don't want to tie them to this horribleness. But I will say that they have been. Fully cooperative with the police department in Atlanta. They tried to do everything they can to find these motherfuckers who actually did this. But what's even worse, though, was the response on Facebook. New, that's the part that blew my mind. Yeah, this whole I'm a savage thing is getting out of hand. Y'all motherfuckers, 
I really are savages in pursuit of happiness. You motherfuckers really are just trifling. Like, I, I didn't see the whole video, but I saw a woman asking for help. That was enough. I don't know that what was else enough. we need. That was enough. What more is needed? Nothing else is needed. I'm thinking about what, what I would have done if I were in that club. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was around that type of shit going on. Like, I, I wouldn't have stood for it. New. I know for a fact that I wouldn't have stood for it. Yeah, that, that, that whole situation is getting broken up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, like, bro. Come to is what it comes to. Right. But you're not going to be... <laughs> nah, It's nah. wild. Uh, and we've been doing a call for black men to stand up, and we mm-hmm. got to do this, and we got to do that. And it's true, and we do have to. And I want to shout out the brothers that do stand up. But, and, this, and I don't want to bash, because we are doing things, and I do respect a lot of what we're doing in mm-hmm. the community. We've stepped up. But this shit is unacceptable, man. Absolutely. Like nobody not. in that fucking club saw that and decided, hey, hey, hey. You know, even if you're too scared to get involved, you're not, you're not going to security. Go get a bouncer, nothing. yeah. Yeah, like nothing. Like, it's why ladies, you have to be careful because these men are fucking trash. And you shouldn't, it, I'm not putting any responsibility or any, I'm not doing any victim blaming. No. But ladies, not at all. until men start acting like fucking men, Please be careful. Please be careful. Because... They, yeah, like, I we mean, almost really watched her. This is like the second week. There was another video mm-hmm. months ago about a young girl getting yeah. raped and her friends ran a boom with her and they left her in the room. And it was all recorded. Yeah. This shit is sickening. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's disgusting. The level of apathy is absolutely disgusting, to be perfectly honest. I can't put it no other way. It's deplorable. I'm going to say this, ladies, if I were in that situation, that wouldn't have gone on on my watch. That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have happened. Um, I, I, was, I was raised to protect and respect the females in my life. Um, and even if I see you over there, you just became a female in my life. So if there's some shit going down that I know ain't supposed to be happening, I'm going to step in. I'm going to help. It's just that simple. You're another human being. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are we doing where we don't care about what's going on with people around us? You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to tell me that nobody in that club saw or heard what the fuck was going on. You're not going to... That, that's just not going to fly. That's not an excuse to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what kind of piece of shit do you have to be to put the drug in the girl drink and then be taking her from room to room and trying to have your way with her in her inebriated capacity. Like, you know, yeah, I'm very concerned about the men that stood around and did nothing and the women, but I'm more concerned what kind of pieces of shit are walking the earth? These niggas are walking the earth, going to school, going to jobs, at the game, uh, at churches, chicken, uh, in the Kroger. These pieces of shit are walking around every day. We're interacting with them every day and don't even know it. Monsters. Monsters. I mean, you you are you are a monster if you do some shit like that. Let's not call let's not call it anything any different. First of all, you a punk ass bitch because I if that's the way you get girls, you you you're you're a non entity to me. You're not a man. If if that if that if that's your strategy in a club, my G, then you deserve like you don't need to be breathing in my in my opinion personally. You know. Um, it, it's just all the way fucked up. It's all the way fucked up how people responded. Um, but there's just been a lot of 
fuck shit going on on social media now, dude. Like yeah. this 48 hour challenge bullshit that's happening right now. Like, Boy. What the, what the fuck is that shit? For those of you who don't know, the 48 hour challenge started in, um, in Europe where teenagers, young kids are encouraged to disappear from their families for 48 hours make their families think they've been abducted or kidnapped and reappear after they cause all this confusion, all of this fear, all of this trauma just to pop back up. And this is the game that they're doing. They're challenging each other to do it. And some people are trying to go 72 hours or you know, making the stories more elaborate. And you get extra points for family members who uh, post this strong on Facebook. So people that send messages out to try to locate you, like kids, Get it the fuck together. Yeah, like this shit is ridiculous. That's an ass whooping. Um, you know, and I have I have children, and I'm not afraid to whoop their ass when they do crazy mm -hmm. shit. You know, um, I always always uh, draw the analogy of you know the hot plate or putting your hand on a hot stove or a hot whatever. You know that pain that pain is a constant reminder to you never to do that shit again. Right. right? And sometimes right. you got to give your children some of those reminders about some of the shit that they that might be going on in their lives. I don't give a fuck. Like you could be 13, 14, 15. You pull that shit that's your ass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You That's your yeah, ass. You, 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 gonna, you gonna wish you was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. You get you getting your ass whooped, and I want you to call child services so I can tell them what happened. So they can be looking out for your ass mm -hmm. the next time. Mm -hmm. You do some dumb shit like that. Like this is just this is beyond stupid. This is beyond irresponsible. This is beyond crazy. Because aside from the hardship and pain that you're causing your family by doing this, you are a child deciding you're just going to disappear for 72 hours. So what if something could really, what if something really happened to your ass? You know what I'm saying? How is anybody to know? How is anybody going to know? And you know, now you put your parents in a position where they got to deal with some bullshit because of your fucked up stupidness. You know what I'm saying? And kids do stupid shit all the time. But this is beyond. This goes beyond yeah. the level yeah. of just yeah. stupid. Like, this is batshit crazy um, and deplorable. And I hate everything about it. It's, yeah, we need to stop all these damn challenges. Like, everybody's doing the bird box challenge. And they driving around with blindfolds on. We need to stop all these dumbass challenges for real. How about the read a book challenge? How about that? Yeah, how about a uh, second stream of income challenge? I yeah. challenge everybody to find a second stream of income. How about that? Let's do some shit like that. How about that? How about a how about a, you want you want to challenge kids, teenagers? Why don't you why don't you start a business in school? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, a legal yeah. business. Right, right. Yeah, well, very good point. Yeah. Thank you. Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's 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 do some positive things in our community, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later too. Cause this shit is crazy, and we gotta we gotta get people on the right track. And I'm gonna do my part to help. You know Hell what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Even if it's on the show, those of y'all listening, you know. Feel free to repeat what I got to say if it if it hits you the right mm -hmm. way and you mm -hmm. think you could use it on your kids, feel free to do so. That's why we're here. It takes a village to raise a child. 
You know, and facts. we are a part of your village. Facts, facts, mm-hmm, facts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, our uh, Donald Trump shut up stupid award goes to the owner of Badu Box. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Erica Badu. One of the uh, most mysterious, illustrious, fantasized about women in black America. Mm-hmm. The mysterious Erica Badu, um, who I love, who, who I revere. Um, she went on stage and decided to use her platform as an opportunity to say that we should pray for R. Kelly. And that, you know, we shouldn't necessarily villainize him. Um, but she wasn't defending him, quote unquote. No, she was. No, she was. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's what I don't get. Um, everyone wanted to come out and defend R. Kelly and then say they're not defending him. His reach is massive because I don't even understand it. Um, true, the story goes he was molested as a child. True. The story goes he grew up and molested uh, assaulted other children. True. That does not mean we do not hold him accountable for his actions. It does not mean we cut him some enormous amount of slack because of his actions. Yeah, they have psychiatrists yeah, in prison A too. lot of people, exactly. A lot of people were abused and then grew up abusing people. A lot of people... Um, well, let me add to that, New, because here's, here's, the, here's another fact. Let me geek out on y'all for a second. It has been statistically proven that most pedophiles, most people who conduct themselves in this way, most people who perpetrate acts of sexual abuse were sexually abused. In, in their life before before they started to do them thing, those things themselves. That is a fact. That is a, that doesn't excuse it. It doesn't make right. it okay. Right. It doesn't, it does, you know, serial, serial killers, most of them were abused in their childhood. It is a fact. That doesn't make it okay, y'all. It doesn't, it doesn't condone their actions as an adult. Because most of them know that what they're doing is wrong, which is why they hide it. You know what I'm saying? So what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. why are we defending this shit? There'll, there'll be no prayer for R. Kelly. There'll be no. We well, can pray for him if you like. You can um, pray for him after he goes to jail. Yeah, he's still canceled. Not fucking with R. Kelly, mm-hmm. and it, it's just as simple as that. You, you can feel bad for what he went through, but right now I'm focused on what he's doing to others. Exactly right. You know what I'm saying? And and I can't. Back up off of that, just yet. no, no. Oh, boo hoo, R. Kelly and what he went through. I'm looking at what he's putting others through, and um, hopefully he'll get that attention he needs. It'll have that rectified in some way, shape, or form once he's arrested and gone through court and gone through some kind of psychology. Well, and most most criminals, most people who do these horrible, nefarious things, they turn themselves around after they're caught. After they're in prison, after after somebody finally calls them to account for their actions, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's when the turnaround really starts to happen. Oh wow, this shit really is wrong. Oh wow, I this shit fucked up my money and my life and my everything. I shouldn't do this. That's that's the way it works. So why the fuck are we talking about praying for a nigga who hasn't been held accountable for it yet? Yeah, and what are these prayers supposed to do? What is this prayer and love supposed to do for our Kelly? Right. Is it supposed to get his music back on back on his record label? He's been dropped by his label. Is it supposed to make it okay to play his songs? Like, what is the end goal of praying for our Kelly? 
Um, the only the only reason why I would pray for him is pray that he stops, that he stops doing what he's doing, and yeah. pray that he is held accountable for what yeah. he's doing. That's all I'm praying for. Right. That's that's and, that's it. I, I don't pray for that, or we can have him arrested for that. Well, way, it'll stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I want it to stop. I want I want the I want it to stop more than anything, and I want him to be held accountable for it more than anything. This pedophilia shit is. Horrible, deplorable, nasty, funky, horrible shit that is going on. And it is not cool to say that it is okay in any way, shape, or form. It is not cool to defend this shit in any way, shape, or form. And you and I have talked a lot about R. Kelly mm-hmm. and that whole thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm the one who shared with you, like, you you can't you can't deny the artistry. You can't deny the musical prowess. You can't deny that. I'm the one who shared that with you. At the same time, in the context of doing that, I have never defended R. Kelly's personal actions. Have I knew? Never. I've never been like, whatever, whatever he did, I'm gonna listen to his music anyway. I've never said that. Have I? No. I've always been like, the man makes great music. He is a horrible, horrible individual. But he makes great music. That real nigga shit, though, behind the Lifetime series that came out, behind that documentary, um, I really wasn't listening to R. Kelly anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's not a big loss for me to to cancel R. Kelly, you know? Yeah, and cancel culture is, is a real thing. And that's our question of the day mm-hmm. um, with this, with the information coming out of a Michael Jackson's documentary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the the I guess the crux behind the documentary is that Michael did do these things he is as guilty as we would say R. Kelly is will cancel culture get Michael Jackson and is there a limit to cancel culture um, we, we still got to do our grind and shine award we have a few other uh, things we need to speak about but uh, I want to leave it there for a hot second that you guys think about it mm-hmm. what's cancel culture going to do Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, w- what is really going to happen with this in uh, mm-hmm. the entire uh, Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby? I mean, it's a lot going on right now. Yeah. And people aren't willing to let go of R. Kelly. So I know people ain't going to let go of Michael Jackson um, to some degree. But right. uh, we got to talk about it, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're not... We're never going. We're never going to shy away from the truth. We're never going to shy away from what's going on. Um, and... I know I personally feel this way, and I think you do too. Black or white, we have to hold people accountable for their actions. We hold each other accountable for our actions. You're my brother. I love you. But if you do wrong, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is what it is, my G. It is what it is. It is what it is. It has always been, 30 years. You got damn right. Um, so if I'm willing, if I'm willing to say that what my brother did was fucked up, I'm damn sure going to say what R. Kelly did was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to defend a wrong action out of some yeah. whack-ass loyalty or whatever. I don't even understand well, that shit. Well, take the focus off of what he did and, and make him a sympathetic figure. That's what's throwing me off, but they're trying to make R. Kelly the sympathetic figure. I'm like, for what? No, no. Two, two wrongs don't make a right. And my father told me that when I was eight years old. Um, and it stuck with me, you know? Mm-hmm. 
You can't you can't turn around and be like, oh well, this shit happened to me, therefore that gives me the right to fuck everybody else's shit up. No, it doesn't. But it's not even him saying it's other people sympathizing for you. Absolutely true. One hundred percent true. That's what's so weird about that. So Erica Badu, as much as I love you and respect you, you get the Donald Trump shut up stupid award. Shut, shut up, up stupid. stupid. Fuck out of here. Yeah, just dumb shit. Just really, really dumb shit going on. Well, we went through a lot of bullshit, a lot of negativity going on yeah, well, in the we, world. We, we, we ain't leaving just yet, JP. Because I want to get right into Michael. Oh, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get right into Michael. Yeah, let's do it. Nah, that's a good segue. Let's do um, it. Cancel culture. Yeah. Our question of the day, um, you know, how, when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the documentary, the docu-series that's going to be coming out on Michael Jackson, Leaving Neverland Ranch, Escaping Neverland Ranch. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, JB, on this documentary, the information we have so far? Well, um, you know, information information has been leaking for, for years now about Michael Jackson and his conduct and what he has done even before the documentary came out, right? Um, so for me personally... I was a Michael Jackson fan. I loved Michael Jackson. Absolutely loved him. And when the shit was hearsay and maybe and this, that, and the third, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, And then there came a moment where um, I wanted to share Michael Jackson's music with my children. Because frankly, you know, my children were born after Michael's heyday. You know what I'm saying? So it was like... He was a historical figure that I wanted them to know about and understand. And I wanted them to appreciate his music because of the contribution it has made to our culture. But I found myself, when playing Michael Jackson's music with my children, having to explain to them who this man really is as a person. You know what I'm saying? I found myself having to try and make my children understand the dichotomy of his genius versus his mania versus his craziness versus his deplorable actions and I couldn't reconcile those two I couldn't reconcile those two at the same time and I had I had to cut him out I had to cut him out like I had I, I couldn't play the music in the car you know riding in the car with the kids anymore because every time one of his songs would come on my playlist I'm having to Talk to my kids about how, you know, stranger danger and don't be around adults. You know, I don't care how nice they are and how cool they look and whatever. And how Michael Jackson was, you know, you know, taking kids to inappropriate places and doing inappropriate things. First of all, America, I think it's inappropriate for a grown man to have young children staying with them on a regular basis, you know, without the parents' involvement whatsoever. Like, I, I, I take umbrage and I take issue with that. He's not a family member, you know, he's not even a close friend, you know what I'm saying? None of these kids could say that, you know, they grew up with Michael Jackson in their lives, so the family trust, not, none of that, none of that was the case. It wasn't like my kids coming over and staying with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's like my kids coming over and staying with with the Don't dude. Don't these sick kids? Huh? These were like 
sick kids, kids with health issues, and mm-hmm. kids befriending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even still, like fuck that. Like I mean, I, I'm saying that's, that makes it even worse, even mm-hmm. more twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that 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 by itself was enough for me when when I started reading and looking at different articles and understanding like Michael Jackson would he basically set up this whole environment to lure young children into his life and he was keeping them around all the time I was like this is fucked up this is this is weird like I can't rock with this and like I said when I like every time his music came on, I found myself in a position where I had to tell my kids who Michael Jackson really is. And that was, that was enough for me. I couldn't, I couldn't do it at that point. And um, I think the video, I think the documentary is going to substantiate a lot of the things that we've read, a lot of the things that we've kind of known um, before. Um, so for me, it's not gonna, it, it'll probably hit me as a shock to see it graphically, to see the images on TV, to hear the interviews, to see all of that. And I'll probably get angry again, like I did with R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? It made me angry again to see it again. That'll happen for me probably. But it's not gonna change how I feel about Mike. I can't, I can't really rock with Mike at this point. Um, my take on the Michael Jackson thing is um, I canceled him back when I canceled R. Kelly. Um, but a lot of the, the kids came out and recanted their stories. So my cancel Mike thing kind of stopped. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't listen to Michael Jackson too much. Like I listen to Jay-Z, Tupac, you know, Marvin Gaye, Bob Marley, shit, Pat LaBelle, Luther Vandross, you know, Stevie Wonder. I, Michael Jackson ain't on my go-to playlist. I, I just don't listen to Mike that much. Um, so it really wasn't a matter of canceling him in the last couple of years, I just don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had gotten to the point where I was like, Mike probably ain't do that shit. You know, them kids say their parents made them lie. And I kind of was just going with that. They hadn't really thought about it, hadn't really come up much. But I was kind of like, Mike probably ain't do that shit. He's just weirdo. Kids say, parents say, kids say their parents made them lie. And I just kind of left it there. It just been there the last couple of years. I ain't mm-hmm. thought about it, mm-hmm. ain't worried about it. Ain't downloading no new music. Ain't 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 crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, this documentary, and with them saying that it's going to be just as damning as R. Kelly's documentary, has me thinking like, whoa. So wait a minute, you guys are telling me that that shit was true. Mm-hmm. All of this shit is true. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Oh damn, it did seem kind of funny that he's all with the little sick kids, and it did seem kind of you know now you put it together. And I'm like, so if this comes turns out to be true, then it's a no-brainer. What he's done is, is damn near worse than what R. Kelly did. Yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be fuck Michael Jackson. I mean, it really ain't, uh, uh, and it's a little unfair because it's not that much of a sacrifice for me. Mm-hmm. If I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, then they'd be like, damn. Like, I was, if it was Jay-Z or Tupac, I'd be, oh man, I can't believe this. I don't give a fuck about Michael Jackson. If it was Prince, I might be all, oh, man. I was not that big a Michael Jackson fan. And yeah. that, some of that is probably due to the fact that these accusations came out and exactly. they them for me. Exactly. So he's been tainted the last 20, 30 years. Exactly. When he was doing those interviews with Ed Bradley, climbing in the tree, 
Like, I don't like, he's a bad one. Like, this is weird. I don't, I don't really fuck with weird niggas. Like, you weird ass nigga. Like, fuck wrong with you climbing the trees and shit. Why are you bleaching your skin? He just was like a bad one to me. So it wasn't like nobody. Well, now, when I was a child, Michael Jackson was God to me. When I was nine, eight, Thriller came out, Michael Jackson was God, nigga. Like, it, it was, I never thought that I would, I probably have never liked the artist as much as I liked him when I was eight. 42 now. Uh, the same, you know, he's, he's the artist for kids. His, his music doesn't appeal to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. His identity doesn't appeal to me. Mm -hmm. His sway doesn't appeal to me. <clears throat> I'm a grown ass man. But when I was eight years old, there was nobody greater than Michael Jackson. Yeah. So, yeah. and looking at it that way, um, cancel culture can come for any and everybody. Yeah. Uh, we had talked about uh, separating the artists from the crimes. Or I said the artistry from the person or the artistry from the crimes. Um, that's just not one I'm really interested in doing. Well, and and I respect that, you know, I I was and continued to be a serious Michael Jackson fan. Um, Michael Jackson was one of those individuals that I studied because he was just so fucking talented on so many different levels. Like, um, I studied how he made his music. I studied, you know, how the evolution happened with him, <clears throat> him getting with Quincy Jones and how that whole thing came about. You know, I watched documentaries and, and you know, tour documentaries for Michael Jackson. I, I have too. I have too. You know, I, you know, um, and... Um, I watched the Making of Thriller at least a hundred times. Yeah. On yeah. VHS. Yeah, there was there was the one he did shortly before he died. That this is it. Yeah, this is it. Um, you know, and I was always just amazingly impressed by his level of talent and his work ethic in terms of the craft. You know what I'm saying? So I respected him so much as an artist. Um, but at the same time, this shit is so morally reprehensible. I was like, I can't. I can't reconcile those two, especially when it comes to my children. It's because let's keep it a hundred. Michael Jackson was like the clean, you know, he, he, he was the, he's the artist you could play for your kids. You know what I'm saying? You could rock out to Michael Jackson with your young kids in the car. I couldn't do that anymore. Cause like I said before, I, I constantly in my head was like, this, you know, if this, if this, I couldn't ever allow my children to meet Michael Jackson in person. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so what the fuck am I doing? So I had to cancel him. And that, that, hurt, that hurt me a little bit. But it is what it is. My favorite, probably my favorite song about Michael Jackson and R. Kelly is You Are Not Alone. Right. And that song was about R. Kelly wrote, a, wrote that song to an underage girl who had an abortion, who had a miscarriage. And he wrote that song to her. And my, had Michael Jackson singing it. And to me, it was about dealing with depression and being sad because I suffer from depression. So when that song came out, I used to listen to it and be all in a sad mode and crying and suicidal and ah! And I had no idea what the fuck I was listening to. That's crazy. Horrible. That's crazy. Horrible. Um, I don't know if there's any speck of hope we can hold off for Michael Jackson. Like, maybe the documentary won't say this, this, this. I think we kind of made up our minds that Mike was doing that nasty shit. I didn't need the documentary. Like I, like I said before, you know, um, it clicked for me 
Um, I don't, and I don't know, I don't remember when I saw this interview, but um, when when you know these these families were talking about how Mike basically like invaded their lives, you know, so he could be around their children. <laughs> um, and I don't. I, it was years ago, so I don't even. I don't even remember where I saw it. But it was this young. It was this white family, and they had a young white kid, a young white son, and <clears throat> they went to a Michael Jackson concert. They had really, really good tickets, so they had you know backstage passes or whatever. They got to meet Mike. Mike hit it off with their son, and then all of a sudden he they got an invite to Neverland. You know, and they took their son out to Neverland and they all hung out together for like maybe an hour or so. And then all of a sudden he was like, oh, yeah, well, why don't you let, you know, little homie stay here with me? And they were like, OK. And I'm like. That's just some weird shit, man. Why is Mike hanging with these fucking kids? And I and that was enough for me at that point. When I when I saw that shit, I was like. It's nothing Is there I could do. Any part of you that's like, damn, don't do this now that he's dead? No. Not a single part. Not a single part. I don't give a fuck if he's dead. I don't give a fuck if he's in heaven. I don't think he is, but I don't I don't give a fuck. Like you again, wrong is wrong. It's just that simple. I'm always called to account when I do wrong and I ain't doing this kind of shit. So yeah. <laughs> it's just that simple. Yeah, keep your eyes open for that documentary. We'll all be watching. We'll all be glued to it, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of shows on it. And I'm sure there'll be people defending Mike because Joe Jackson beat his ass when he was a kid. What the fuck ever. Moving on right. to something lighter. Uh, Andre Ingram, Brian Shine Award, Thank JB. You. Who gets this award, JB? What's going on here? Nas gets this award. Pluto TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Nas, so Nas bought into the Pluto TV network, mm-hmm. right? And they were just, and they were recently bought out by Viacom, mm-hmm. um, to the tune of what was it, like three hundred and forty million? Yeah, three hundred and forty million dollars. Um, now, because of his ownership percentage of Pluto TV, on top of everything else that Nas has going on. This is a big come up for him, you know. And I like I like what he said in the article, new, because he's like he's like you know, it'd be great to be a part of the the Black Billionaires Club, you know. Mm-hmm. We got two of them on deck right now. I want to be number three. Yeah. I ain't mad at him. Hip hop billionaires, hip hop billionaires. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I ain't mad at him. You know, they like this is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a big come up, and I'm proud of him, man. I'm proud of our, I'm proud of our brothers who are letting their money do the walking. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's the way to do it. You know, let if you got that bread, invest in good things that are going to give you a good rate of return. You said it before, residual income. That's yeah, what man. this is. Yeah, that's man. what this is. You know, and I love that. Love that. Because that's how you get rich, America. That's how you get rich. Basically, multiple streams of income. Shout out to Nas. The Andre Ingram Brand Shine Award winner. Indeed, indeed. Um, all right, JB, let's, let's go on to this uh, gangster geeking. We're talking about black entrepreneurship and, and the black dollar. Let's break it down a little bit for him. 
Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I uh, I watched uh, I watched uh, Killer Mike's uh, show on Netflix. I think it's called the it's called the Trigger Trigger Warning. The Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. Um, and the first episode, uh, he he decides that he's gonna go. He's gonna buy all black, totally black. Only going to support black businesses for 24 hours. Um, now he he had an advantage because he was starting out in Atlanta, you know, one of the blackest cities in the country. Um, there are a lot of black businesses in Atlanta, and when we were talking about this off the air, you mentioned that there were a couple of holes in his struggle because he didn't find certain black businesses that could have helped him out in certain situations right. during during the show. Um, what I found interesting about it was not the Atlanta piece and the struggles that he had in Atlanta. I found the Athens piece, the Athens side to that more, more informative because real talk, like, we are blessed to have a plethora of black businesses that we can mm-hmm. that we can patronize in a city like Atlanta. We were also blessed to have a plethora of black businesses we could patronize in our hometown, DC, because Atlanta's the blackest city in America and DC is now the second blackest city mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. So black businesses is something that You've grown we, up around. we've grown up around. My parents were both are were are both black entrepreneurs. I was a black entrepreneur. It's something that's been a, yeah, you too. It's been, it's been something that's been a part of us for most of our lives. Um, what I found interesting about that experience in Athens is that that is actually more similar to the to the to the holistic American experience because okay. all black people aren't living in cities like Atlanta and um, and DC. DC. You know, most black people are living wherever they're living, and they might not have the opportunity to go after all of the you know to quote buy all black or even come anywhere close to that. You know, mm-hmm. um, so what I saw from that America is I saw two things. One. Um, Buy, buy black when it makes sense to buy black, you know, um, and that's what kind of frustrated me about what Killer Mike did because, like, he he was like sleeping on a bench or some shit because he couldn't find a hotel, a black owned hotel in Athens. I'm like, come on, Slim, like, what, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like that's just that was just kind of dumb to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't. I really, really hope that nobody is 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 going that hard in terms of buying black. Um, what I really, really hope is that we can all take a bigger lesson from that, and that lesson is to be financially responsible, uh, because the whole point of buying black is to create economic solidarity and to promote economic responsibility and prosperity in our community. And I think that that actually starts inside of the home, not outside of the home, by buying black and, you know, patronizing black businesses. I think it starts with organizing your finances, getting your money right inside of the home, and also educating your children on how to take care of their money and how to grow their money, 
right? Um, I think this starts with education, not so much just support the black community, support black businesses, blah, 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 you know, buy black, buy black, buy black. Because real talk, if somebody else has something that I need that is of better quality than the black businessman does, I'm going to buy the better quality item because that makes economic yeah. sense to me. And, and, and I'm with you on that, but I don't think the purpose of buy black is to never buy anything that's made by anybody else ever. That's, yeah. that, that, that's like, that's just not, Absolutely. Not and it's not the purpose of the meat of, of the movement. The purpose of buying black is to say when there are legitimate black options, you buy it. And I think it's just, you fucking idiot if you think you're supposed to just buy black when it's, a, when it's the worst option available in whatever particular market. I, you know, I'm looking at it like we're not talking to idiots. So when I tell them, hey, you know, buy the black laptop that breaks instead of buying a white one that works. You know what I'm saying? I don't even talk to idiots. So I think it kind of goes without saying. Like, buy black is buy black, and buy black when it makes sense. And, um, well, that's what that's what Killer Mike did, though, on the show, basically. He bought he bought black even when it didn't make well, sense. Well, no, no, he didn't. What he did was he didn't buy anything. He didn't buy black when it didn't make sense. Can you point an instance where he bought black where it well, didn't no, make sense? Well, no, I'm I'm saying, but not buying anything didn't make right, sense right, but, either. But, 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 yeah, but that's the difference. It's, it's two different things to say he bought black when it didn't make sense. And to say he chose not to buy anything. I Those think that choosing things. not to buy anything also but, doesn't make sense. Well, say that. Don't say buying black doesn't not, make sense. Then, I, you know then I, mean? I amend my statement, yeah. and I'm saying that I'm saying that like choosing to buy nothing when you need something critical doesn't make any sense either. You know, um, I don't think all the people that are following Killer Mike word to the to, to their deathbed. I think he was more or less trying to prove a point that there wasn't enough black businesses out there, and we need more. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he was saying. Like my laundry detergent, I don't know if you can see it. And I said, "Grab it, grab it for me, Jimmy. Just get him a, a quick plug." So my laundry detergent is true. This is a black-owned company. I have um, black-owned paintings all on the walls. I um, use uh, a few other black-owned products. Um, my favorite boutique now is a black-owned store, but I also know in their store there's some white designers. Now it's a black-owned boutique, but I'm sure that somebody in that in that store. Some of those designers are white. Some of those wholesalers are, are, are white clothing stores, are white white fabric makers, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I think he was trying to educate us on how deep it can go because you can go to a black boutique, but who who did they buy those clothes from? Right. If they bought it from a black person, where did they get those fabrics from? <coughs> a black-owned fabric company. And if it was a black-owned fabric company, what you know, what animals were they farmed on a black farm? Like you can take it all the way down there. And I mean, it's interesting to know, but I don't think it's it's your responsibility. And I don't think that that's the only way to keep the black dollar in is to go all the way to the root. Like we unpatronize a black-owned grocery store that does uh, shop at a black-owned farm. If she did it, I don't think that means oh, can't support her. You might as well just did it because she's still a black-owned business. Because she did, if she did not have access to black farmers, doesn't mean I'm not going to support her black-owned business. It just means the black dollar isn't circulating as far as I would like it to circulate within the black community. And I think that's what it's really about, is circulating those dollars around a few times before it leaves our community. As opposed to you get paid, go straight to the white store, and that the black dollar ain't staying in our community, but the day you had it in your pocket. When you can go and get the black detergent and maybe the, the black, my beer care, beer care, 
and those dollars circulate in the black community before the owner of the black beer company takes that money and pays two of his black employees and one of his white employees, you know, before the money leaves the neighborhood, before the money leaves the community, how many times can we siphon it through? I think that's what's really important, JB. No, that's that's a valid point. And and to that end, you know, one of the one of the important aspects of that though is to grow and improve more black businesses. Um, that's what needs to happen and you said that. Part of that part of that involves education and and preparedness on our part as a as a community. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to we need to come to a well we need to we need to constantly enforce education in terms of what it means to be an entrepreneur. We need to constantly we need to constantly be educating our children. And the first thing is take care of my own house first and get my own money right first. Teach my children how to keep their money right. Then we can go then we can branch out from there. Teach my children the worth of themselves and their own time because time is money right so you need to be productive with your own life i think that's where it starts and then it grows and it grows exponentially from there you know and that's going to be something that i'm going to take on personally especially with my life and my kids you know yeah um i you know ran my own business for the bulk of my life in the last couple of years outside of the podcast i've just been working for people and now, uh, having slowed down, <laughs> being slowed down with this ankle, and having time to think, and I'm actually going into working from home anyway, I'm thinking about getting back into uh, my entrepreneurial spirit, back into my black business mindset, back into multiple streams of income. And um, I'm going to be I'm gonna be doing some research. I want to find figure out where I want to land on this thing. I know I do not want to work for somebody else the rest of my life. I know that. And um, now that I'm not a rapper, now that, now that I'm not rapping and dropping albums, I need to figure out what that avenue is. And it could be with the podcast. You know, people are making six figures doing these podcasts, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we got, you know, look at a couple of different things. I encourage you all to do it as well. It is 2019. We are still in January. Yeah. yeah. It is not the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, make a change. If you if you got an idea, if you if you if you think you got something popping, you know, do your research, check it out. Um, Google's your friend. Mm-hmm. Google is your friend. Google yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and you're, you know, <clears throat> you're talking to listening to two black entrepreneurs. New ran a business, uh, his own business, his own record label. He <clears throat> he uh, he was an independent artist for most of his career. You know, I ran a technology business for 14 years. Um, so you're talking to two black entrepreneurs. And we know what the fuck we're talking about in terms of what it takes to start a business and to be successful in a business. Yeah, and pay your bills with the business. Right. Like, a lot of people start businesses. And not to poo-poo any of that because I appreciate and support everybody. We're looking at two people who made a living off of their businesses. Absolutely. Pay rent with their businesses. Absolutely. Pay mortgages. So, you know, it, it can be done. We have done it. Right, right, right. It takes, it takes perseverance. It takes a fucking shitload of hard work. And, that, and let, let's, just, let's just be real about that. You know, if you're going to be successful as an entrepreneur, 
You know, you're not going to work twice as hard just because you're black. You're going to work twice as hard because that's what it takes to be successful yeah. in business. The hardest job you will ever have is your own company. Absolutely, <laughs> one million percent. Working with somebody else is so much easier. Oh my god, so much oh easier. Oh my god, you know how many Christmases and New Years I sacrificed being in business for myself. Oh, yeah, man. man, it's 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 a lot of work, but the struggle is is a labor of love, and that's probably the biggest advice I can give yeah. is that it has yeah. to be a labor of love. You have to like what you. No, you have to love what you're doing. In order to be a successful entrepreneur, you know, yeah. you can't just be looking at what you think might be a money train somewhere and then whatever. That's not that's not how that shit works. That's not how you're successful. And a lot of motherfuckers out there are trying to sell you a pipe dream that way, too. You know, there are a lot of these kind of start your own business type of companies out mm -hmm. there giving people whatever to try and get them started. Just be aware of what you're getting into. And what you're getting into is a lot of motherfucking work, whatever it is. You can be it'll successful be as fuck. Huh? It'll be worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once you get, but put in the work. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Don't think it's going to be easy. And don't let anybody delude you into thinking that it's going to be easy. Because it never is. It always takes work. Some motherfuckers might make it look easy, but... It ain't. <laughs> Anything worth having, you got to put in work for it. That's what yeah. I tell these young ladies when they want to date me and be with me and take me on <laughs> dates. I'm like, look, I broke my ankle. I'm chilling for the next couple months. Don't come to me with that. But it's going to be a lot of hard work when you do get your opportunity. Ladies, stay tuned. I'll, I'll, I'll be accepting applications very soon. <laughs> Anything worth wanting is worth working for. Hey! <laughs> yeah, that's what I always tell my kids. Let's uh, shout out a couple of entrepreneurs that are doing anything on the music scene. Mm -hmm. uh, one J. Cole put out a new record, Middle mm -hmm. Child, mm -hmm. which is rumored to be off that Dreamville mm -hmm. collaboration with mm -hmm. everybody. Right. It's supposed to have everybody on that album that's supposed to come out sometime this year. Uh, the song is hot. He's working with a new producer, not doing his own beats. I'm very interested to see what he has in store for 2019. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We saw pictures mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. Dr. Dre and <laughs> 2 Chains. Yeah. I can't wait to hear 2 Chains. Oh, my God. On a Dre beat? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's going to be. Yeah. I think that's going to be hot. You know? I that's really, going to really be the do. album of the year. I really do. I really Dr. Dre and 2 Chains? They both have, like, their styles just seem, like, that just seems like a good a good fit to me, young. Yeah. It really does. Cause they yeah. you know, Dre got the, that kind of sway back, funky sort of mm -hmm. style. But that's ex like that's exactly two chains flow. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit should be perfect. Uh he's supposed to have some really big collaborators on there and Joe Button said he heard the whole album. And he was like, It's fire. So I was Yo, like, man. Joe Button said that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We also, uh, Rick Ross should be dropping this year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Off the Hills of the McMill Project. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see, you know, Rick Ross always gives us a classic, man. Right. He's one of the most consistent artists. Beats, lyrics, delivery, subject matter. Yeah, his shit is just crisp. Features. His shit, his, his, yeah. It's just crisp. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, his stuff is always really, really tight. Really, really well done. So looking forward to those projects coming out. Looking forward to all of that. And we'll give y'all reviews on those when they do drop, like we always do. Absolutely. On our new Eargasm section, we're going to break down the hottest city of the week. Mm -hmm. So you'll be getting music from us as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, on our Netflix and Chill segment, 
Um, for you guys that have HBO, go watch Amanda Seals special, I Be Knowing. It's pretty good, man. Um, I knew it was Amanda Diva. She was a video host. That she was a rapper. That she was a singer. That she was doing comedy. She's on TV show Insecure. And now she has her very first HBO special. And it's good. Okay. Like, I, I'm not going to say it's great, the funniest thing ever. But it's good. Okay. I'll go this far. And I'm, I'm not trying to belittle or condemn anybody else. I'm just going to say this this way. I enjoy her more than I do Tiffany Haddish. Interesting. And I, and I really enjoy Tiffany Haddish. Interesting. But I like her brand of comedy a little bit more. Yeah, So see. for you yeah. guys that like Tiffany, you check out Amanda. It's room for two sisters out there making us laugh. Yeah. Put, and both of them pretty. Both of them very attractive. Mm -hmm. So they're not, you know, the typical, just the unattractive black woman comedian. Both pretty as hell. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's yeah. a real good thing. That's Easy on the eyes. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. A little eye candy never hurt. And uh, the team I played for before I broke my ankle, the Golden State Warriors were in town to play the Wizards. And instead of meeting with Donald Trump, you know, because they won the championship last year, they chose to hang out with good old Barry Oden. They hung out with Obama at an undisclosed site. Yep. They didn't say a lot about what happened, but they did post pictures online mm -hmm. of them hanging with Obama. I just think that's cool. I do too. I just like it. You know. I do too. I do too. I'm I'm more than okay with them canceling their visit to the White House, especially after what happened to the Clemson Tigers. I'm so yeah. I was yeah. They you know Steph, Steph was like I'm 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 cool on it on the on the on, on, the, on the Big Max my G <laughs> like like I'm an athlete. I can't be eating that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fed athletes, fast food. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. That's your boy, JB. That's your boy. You know, that's the last thing, like collegiate and, and professional athletes. Like, that's literally like the last thing that they eat. <laughs> that's your boy. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in uh, to another episode of Kickback mm -hmm. TV live from Atlanta. We didn't have a special guest this week, but mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll be bringing some different people in. And mm -hmm. shout out to Meek, who's definitely been holding it down when she's been with us. Right. Uh, we'll be bringing in some new characters, and we'll be bringing Meek back as well. The show started with me and JB. It's going to end with me and JB. We'll yeah, be always trying to give you some different perspectives at mm -hmm. different times mm -hmm. when needed, you know? Right, right, right. I mean, you know, we don't always agree, but we always respect each other's opinions and we respect your opinions and, rep and appreciate those. So tune in and also chime in. You know what I'm saying? We love those comments. You know, you can comment on YouTube. You can comment on our Facebook Live broadcast before and after, you know. Yeah, hit us on Twitter or Instagram at Kickback TV Show. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for the hashtag, at hashtag KickbackTV. Mm -hmm. We'll do a search on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Christian Mingle, Tinder. We'll all find it all on there. All the same. Now I'm about to transform and roll out. Let me get on my scooter. <laughs> you gonna roll out? Roll out. <laughs> transform and roll out. Autobots. Autobots. Transform and roll out. Good night and God bless y'all. Watch these cords. Oh, I got it. You no. tell me about the cord. <laughs> no, I pulled it like that to get it. So you Yeah, I did that. Alright, kickbackers. 
show. Really good. That's a little bad. Thanks for tuning in, Kickback TV. Peace out. Deuces. Yeah.